Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. The principle of stewardship. Matthew 25, reading from verse number 14. That's the verse of the scripture that we read together this morning. The Bible tells us there about the parable of the talents. The Bible tells us that the master had had several servants. And when he was, you know, there was a time, a time came that the master wanted to embark on a journey. And then he gave his servants, he gave his servants talents to trade with. He gave them, he gave them, he gave them more like a blessing, like a seed money to be able to work with. The Bible tells us that for one, to one of them he gave them five. He gave, uh, he gave uh, five talents. To another he gave two, and to another he gave one. Okay, and the Bible now went on to tell us that that one, the one that had five, went to work and multiplied that five and made it okay. Yeah, yeah, got, got another five. The one that had two got another two. And the interesting thing happened. I remember when we were reading this verse of the scripture, one of our sisters sitting at the back, when he heard what that talent, the man with the one talent, he said, hmm. In other words, that is, it is even strange to us that we're reading right there. He said, hmm, how would you work, Barry? But anyway, the man that got one talent, Instead of going to work and trading with it, decided to do very, very unusual thing. The Bible says he simply buried that talent and was waiting for the master to come so that he can give the master back what belonged to him. You will see right there that is a, there is a problem. Okay? You are given something to work with and you took that thing and you buried it. So there's a problem. Okay? And you find that that problem is not just a problem in the days of our Lord Jesus Christ because Jesus was the one telling us this particular parable. It's still a problem today. Because if you are given something and you go and bury it, people look at you as something is wrong upstairs. Maybe you forgot to take your meds, but something is wrong. The issue is that, why is it a problem then? And why is it a problem today? It's a problem because the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs 23, the Bible says, For as a man thinks, so he is. You know, as, for as he thinks in his heart, so he is. In other words, what is going on inside of you will be reflected one way or the other in the way you behave. In the things you say, in the way you see people, in the way you react to people, in the way you intend, you know, in the way you deal with life, the what is going on inside of you will be reflected. So if there's chaos going on, you will see the world as chaotic. If you see insecurity going on, you will see insecurity in, in every corner, every, 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 under every stone that you lift up. If you see trust and you see confidence and you see prosperity, and you know, if it's going on inside of your heart, you will see it in the way you do things. So as he thinks in his heart, so he is. So beyond just having one talent, this guy had more problems than you can even tell that you can think about. He had more problems. It's not just the problem of one talent. It's not even if he had five, he would still have something to complain about. But beyond that one single problem of one talent, he had more problems. The problem he had, the number one problem he had, was the problem of limited thinking. The man with one talent thought that with one talent is not enough to do anything. And there are many people who sit here today, many people that we encounter, that the Lord has blessed them with one single thing. But when they, because they are comparing themselves with other people, they feel that what God has given to them is not enough to do anything. And that was the problem of limited thinking. That was the first problem this man had. The second problem the man had was the problem of wrong focused thinking. In other words, you are looking at the wrong thing. 
He was focused on the talents of others and he ignored the one that he had right in his hands. He was focused on the fact that this other guy had two. This other guy had three. Instead of him focusing on the fact that he had one with him, there were people that they probably didn't even get anything. Instead of him focusing on what he had, he was focusing on something else. And that is the same problem that is going on in the life of some other people here. You will find out that when you pay attention to what you do not have, rather than focusing attention on what you have, you might be missing out on what God has in store for you. The thing that God has purposed to give to you, through that one single talent that he has given to you, if you begin to focus on other other things, you will end up missing it. If I focus today and I want to be like LeBron James, and I look at the idea of you know, throwing this thing, at the end of the day, I might even miss my calling because if I throw that thing, and you find that it's not going to work out. Or if I look, I look at myself and I want to be like Beyonce, I want to sing like him, it is not going to happen. When they were distributing that, probably I took a walk and God did not even be, you know, I was not at home when that particular talent was distributed. The point I'm making is that if you focus on what is in the life of other people, you may miss what God has given to you. Number three problem this man had was the problem of possibility ignoring thinking. In other words, he was focused on his apparent limitation. Therefore, he ignored the potential possibility that was in the seat that his master had given to him. There was a reason why the master gave him that particular single thing. And the master knew the potential that was in that particular seed. The master understood that if you begin to put that particular single seed to work, you have the potential of generating another one. But he was so focused on the two that other people received. He was so focused on the five that the other guy received that he forgot the potential of the one that was sitting in his hands. The man had a problem of possibility ignoring thinking. Number three or four problem that he had was that he had the problem of risk averse thinking. In other words, he was not going to step out because it was too risky. You remember what he told his master? He said, I know that you are a very mean guy. I know that you are a very terrible guy. I know that you are a guy who doesn't take nonsense. As a result, you are a guy who doesn't like failure. You will not tolerate failure. And I don't want to risk this idea of taking this one single talent and putting it in a place and then losing it. Because if I lose it, I know you are going to be really, really pissed. So what I did, I dug the ground and I put it there. The guy was so risk averse that he wouldn't even trust the banks. He didn't even trust the bank. He's probably, he was probably living in 2008 when the banks were failing in America. You know, but he was, you know, he, was, he was so averse to risk, he was not willing to even put the money in the bank. He forgot that there was a company called FDIC. They guarantee your payment, you know. If you put money in the bank, they will guarantee it up to 250000 But that's the story for another day. The point we're making is that he, was a rev- he had this risk averse thinking that affected him so much that he was not willing to even put the money in the bank. And then number four... Number five was that he was also afflicted with the blinded thinking. Blinded thinking. This man was so focused on the things on, on the things that he did not have that he was willing to ignore what he had right in front of him. And many people do that. We do that in relationship. We do that in, the, in our career. We do that with our finances. We do that with everything in our lives. What you find is that you know that's why we even came up with what we say: the grass is always greener on the other side. But when you start living on the other side, that's when you find that there are also dandelion and other things on that particular grass. But that's the story for another day. The point you are making is that when you are involved in blinded thinking, you do not even see what God is placing right in front of you. The Bible tells us a particular story of a woman that went to the prophet Elijah, Elisha. And when was in front of Elisha, Elisha asked her, he said, my sons are going to be taken into captivity. He said, what do I do? Elisha asked, what do you have in your house? The woman said, nothing. He said, you sure? Nothing? He said, nothing. 
say, but I have this little oil, this little uh, of a cruise of oil. But what is that little thing? Elisha said, okay, fine. That little cruise of oil, when the hands of the Almighty God is upon it, it turns it around. Take that cruise of oil. Get all the pots you can get and start pouring. That tells us one thing. When you are blinded to the things that God has placed in your life, you are blinded to the people that God has given unto you, you are blinded to the, thing, the resources that God has made available to you, there's a possibility that you might be living in poverty when you are supposed to be living in, you know, living in abundance. Bible tells us one very interesting thing. When Hagar was being sent out of the house of Abraham, the Bible makes us to understand that he got to, she got to a point. She was thirsty. Her eyes were standing right to next to the world, but her eyes were not open. Until the Lord God Almighty opened. The point we are making is that when you are afflicted by blinded thinking, you will not see the possibilities that are in front of you. And then finally, this man was afflicted by what is called negative thinking. Negative thinking. This man, this man not only despised his colleagues, but he also despised his master that provided for his livelihood. He despised his master to the you know, to, because look at the description he gave to his master. He said, "I know that you are a wicked man. I know you are a man who doesn't like to who collect, who, who get, uh, who reap where you have not sown. You'd like to gather from where you have not even sent, uh, where you have not even scattered seed. How can you be describing your master, the guy that is paying your salary like that? That tells you the guy really did not like the guy. He did not like his master, and he did not like his people. And because of that negative thinking, he was not willing to do anything that will increase the what they call it, increase the net worth of his master." Negative thinking. And there are so many people with that negative thinking in the house of the Almighty God. They do not see the possibility of anything going forward. They do not see the possibility of anything good. They do not see themselves achieving anything because they are afflicted with that negative thinking. These are the kind of thinking, you know, this kind of thinking, like I said earlier, was a problem in the days of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is still a problem today. Particularly for those who are called by the name of the Lord. The man with the limited thinking, the man with blinded thinking, the man with reverse, with risk averse thinking will have a hard time prospering. If you are afflicted with that kind of thinking, the ones that we have just described, if you have those kind of, if that is the way you see life, if that is the way you approach life, if that is the way you deal with your, you, know, you deal every day, prosperity will be a very hard thing for that individual. Because there's no way you can move forward with this kind of thinking. Okay? The man with the wrong thinking habit will have a hard time prospering. Now, because the Bible says a man, as a man thinking is how so it is, let us, you know, that you, you begin to see that how far you travel is a function of what is going on inside of your heart. I've always told people prosperity is not magic. Okay? God has given the principle, they are very clear. The thing that happens in the house of God is that we want to prosper, but we don't want to follow the principles. Just like I said last week, we want to enjoy health, but nobody wants to go to the gym. Nobody wants to do the workout. Nobody wants to eat healthy. We want to get the benefit, but we don't want to do the work. And that is what ha- that this also applies to the issue of prosperity. So let's pick up the story again from, uh, from, uh, from Matthew chapter 25, reading from verse number 19. After a long time, the Lord of this of this servants cometh and reckoned with them, and so he had received. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, "Lord, thou de- thou deliverest unto me five talents. But behold, I have gained besides them five talents more." And his Lord said unto him, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord." Verse number twenty-two, and also. 
He also that has received two talents came and said, Lord, thou hast delivered it unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then verse number 24. He that he, then he which had received one talent came and said, Lord, I know thee. Thou art that thou art a hard man. Reaping where thou hast not sown, gathering where thou hast not strawed, and I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that, uh, thou, there, there, thou hast this, that is thine. That is this is what's yours. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant. You are not just only wicked, you are lazy. Thou wicked and slothful servant. Thou knowest that I reap where I have not sown, I gather and where I have not strawed. Thou ought therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I would have received my own with usury. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it unto him which has ten talents. For unto every one that has shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that has not shall be taken even away, even that which he has, and cast ye into the unprofitable servant. Into the utter darkness where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, in this verse of the scripture, before we begin to dig deep into the principles of uh, into the principles of uh, of stewardship, I want to just share a couple of insights with you, a couple of observations from this verse of the scripture. The first observation you will notice is this: the resources that God commits to your care are not earned, but they are entrusted to you. Okay, the resources that God gives to you. The good life you enjoy, the prosperity, the health, everything that you enjoy today, you did not earn them. That's why we call it the grace of God. They are not earned, but they are entrusted unto you. The Bible says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling into a far country, who called unto his servant and delivered unto them his goods. They did not earn it. He delivered it unto them. He entrusted his goods into their care. The Lord entrusts his goods to your care. It is when we begin to mistake and trust him with earning. That is when everything goes out of whack. That's when we say, yes, it is my own. This is what I have done. This is what I have built. But when you understand it, that this is an entrusting. This is more like a fiduciary duty. You are given the responsibility to take care of what belongs to other people. Your perspective changes. Your perspective about your money. Your perspective about your talent. Your perspective about your resources. Everything changes when you know that you are only holding it for God's sake. God has just given it to you. Manage it until I come. Number two. The resources that God commits into your care are given based on your level of productivity. Based on your level of productivity, look at verse number 15. The Bible says, And unto one he gave five talents, and to, and, and to another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several ability. In other words, God did not give you a, give every one of us equal talents. He did not give us equal resources. Some people are given more. Some people are given less. It is not the quantity of what you receive. It is what you do with what you are given. Amen. What you do with it. In other words, if you are a guy who operates at a level 2 or 3, if the Lord gives you productivity for level 5 or 7, what will happen to that productivity is that you are going to waste it. The reason is because you don't have the capacity to manage that. And that is why I have given this particular example here several times. I'll give it again. Those who win the lottery and they win millions, you follow their life. Five years after that, they go broke. The reason is because they have not developed the capacity to maintain and to keep and to multiply money. They have not. We are given 
all the resources of heaven that are entrusted to us is entrusted to us on the basis of your productivity. So if you want more, you increase your ability to manage more. That's how it works. You do not carry placard and say, yes, I want more money, I want more money. That's not how you get rich. You will go only from $7 to $15. And what is $15? There are people who don't leave their house. They make $100 an hour. There are people who just sit down and they talk to people. It is, that is the most interesting profession in the world. When you sit down, other people come and tell you their problem, and then they pay you. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> okay? And they pay you. And they don't just pay you anyhow money. They pay you serious money. A hundred and fifty, a hundred, two hundred dollar per hour. Okay? You just sit down there and you listen to other people's problems. Okay? The point I'm trying to make is this. If you want to earn more, it is not by carrying placards. No! You don't make more money by carrying placards. You make more money by increasing your own value, increasing your productivity, making yourself more valuable. I used to tell people, the market does not care what you need. The market does not care the size of your family. The market does not care what you think you deserve. The market only responds to only one thing. They respond to the value that you bring to the table. That is why in the same company, one person will be paid $7 an hour, and another person will have a sign-up bonus of a million dollars. It's not because they have two heads. It's not because they are more you know, good-looking than myself. No. If it's based on good-looking, I should be a millionaire by now. At least I think I'm good-looking. You know, or my wife thinks so. You know, but the point I'm making is this. If you want to earn more, you have to increase your value. You have to increase your productivity. The Bible makes us understand. The Bible says that he gave to every man according to his several ability. It's your ability. What can you manage? Okay? Number three. From this verse of the scripture. The resources that God commits to your care is meant to increase and multiply. It is supposed, you are supposed to trade with it. You are supposed to do something with it. The resources of God are not meant to be received and then kept in the cupboard. That's why the Bible says that you are the salt of the world. You are the light of the world. In other words, you are supposed to be something that enriches, something that grows, something that multiplies, something that is supposed to move forward. And that is why the Bible tells us in verse number 16 of that Matthew chapter 25. It says, Then he who had received five talents and traded with the same, and he made and made them other five talents. The talent are supposed to be increased. So you have the ability to sing. You should not be singing at the same level you were singing when you were in the 10th grade. And today you have graduated. You should be singing better. You have the ability to manage. You should have a better way of managing. You have whatever ability that God has given to you, it is supposed to be increasing. And that's why the Bible says that the way of a righteous man is like that of a new day that continues to brighten, continues to brighten. In other words, there is a continuous progress. If you are not growing, you are dying. And that's what the Bible is saying here. The resources that God has committed into your care is supposed to be increasing. Number four, the resources that God has committed to your care will be accounted for. Don't think you can just get it and waste it. He's going to ask you one day, what did you do with it? The grace that I gave you, what did you do with it? The wisdom that I gave you, what did you do with it? Your understanding, what did you do with it? The connections, what did you do with it? The resources, what did you do with God that gave with what God gave to you? Even the time that you have right now, what did you do with it? Did you just sleep and eat and have children? That's the end of the story. 
Did you just come and go like that without making any, leaving any, any, leaving any impact on the sounds of time? What did you do? The resources that God committed into your care, the Lord will ask for an accounting. And if you look at verse number 19, the Bible says, After a long time, after a long time, the Lord of the servant cometh and reckoned with them. He wanted an accounting. Give me what, tell me what you have been doing. You cannot just occupy this place for nothing. You cannot just suck up all the oxygen in the house and expect that nothing will happen. You have to give accounts. Oxygen costs money, you know. And you have you can't just waste it. So what? If there must be an accounting. Number five, increasing the resources God committed to your care will receive the commendation of heaven. And that's what happened. When you begin to grow, when you begin to increase, when you begin to become the person that God wants you to become, what you will find is that when you open your mouth to pray and you call upon the God of heaven, heaven will be an attention. They listen to you because you have increased that resources. And that is why the Bible tells us concerning Samuel. He said the word of Samuel did not fall to the ground. Because why? When Samuel first received that particular resource of ability to hear from the Almighty God, he delivered that ability. And then he continued to grow, continued to grow, continued to grow. And that's why if you have been with us for a while, you will notice that we used to pray a prayer here. And that prayer is, Lord, give me the ears of Samuel so that I can hear the voice of the Almighty God. Commendation awaits productivity. When you produce, you become commended. Who are the people that are becoming the employee of the month? Isn't the person that comes late every day? No! You don't give that kind of a, you don't give that recognition to the to the person who comes late, to the person who won't do anything, the man who sits on the iPhone and begins to surf the internet every day. Do you think that's what the person the supervisor would recommend for employee of the month? Never. Nobody does that. If you who are human being like me can do, do not recognize laziness, what do you think heaven will do? Think heaven will give you a pass? No. And that's why we say something in the, in the neck of the wood where I come from. That a lazy man cannot be a Christian. It's not possible. It's serious work to pray, you know. Serious work to read the Bible, you know. Serious work to live a life that is pleasing to the Almighty God. To love the unlovable. To do things that you are supposed to do as a Christian. It's a serious work. A lazy man cannot be a Christian. A lazy man cannot be a Christian. So commendation awaits those who increase productivity. You do it in your place of work. You do not promote a lazy man. They can fight everything. They can call the NWACP. They can call all the other people and say, yes, I'm discriminated. They will not get you promoted. The only thing that gets you promoted is to increase your productivity. Do the work that you are paid to do. And people will line up. That's why the Bible tells us. He said, have you seen a man who knows his work? He said that he will not stand before mere men. He will stand before kings. In other words, do your job. Be good at what God has called you to do. And before you know what's happening, the people who have never known you before, they will line up to hear you. They will line up to see you. They will line up to take your autograph. They will even line up to take a selfie with you. That is if you have done your homework. Commendation awaits those who increase their productivity. Number six. Mismanaging the resources that God has committed into your care will attract the rebuke of heaven. If you sit down there and God has blessed you and God has released stuff into your life and you just waste those stuff, God will rebuke you. You cannot just waste the stuff of the Almighty God. You cannot just waste God's resources. You cannot just waste God's talent upon your life. You cannot just waste stuff. The rebuke, mismanagement will attract rebuke. Mismanagement will attract rebuke. 
It's just the same thing. You are at work. You take the stationaries of your, of your employer and you begin to do whatever you want to do with it. You begin to come up with it or you are wasting their paper. You are wasting their ink. You are wasting their computer time. You are using their computer to solve the internet and look at their Facebook and do whatever. Do you think that your manager will sit down there and say, yes, good and faithful server, continue the solving of the internet? It's never going to happen. <laughs> you are going to get what? You are going to get a written warning. My friend, you are paid to do a job, not to solve the internet. You get the idea? Rebuke, mismanagement will be rebuked. If you as an employer cannot tolerate mismanagement, do you think God will tolerate mismanagement? The Bible tells us our Lord Jesus Christ after feeding 5,000 people, it tells us, it says, gather the leftovers. Gather the leftovers. And the Bible says that they gather 12 baskets full. That tells you God is not a wasteful God. And you, as an individual that God has given the resource of heaven, you cannot afford to be wasteful because mismanagement of God's resources will attract rebuke. Number seven, proper management of the resources of heaven committed to your care will result in more resources being committed into your care. And that is why people say that the rich get richer. Okay? They say the rich get richer. It is not magic. It's not magic. It is you taking what you have and deploying it properly. And the more you deploy it, the more you gain the experience of how to deploy, the more other people will trust you and the more they will give you more money to deploy. And that is why somebody can wake up one morning and walk into the bank and say, I need a loan. They look at you and they say, yes, we'll give you the loan. Another person walks into the bank and says, I need a loan. They look at you and say, well, maybe you should go and take care of the ones you have collected before, pay your bills and then come back. Because you have mismanaged those ones in the past, they cannot trust you. But the man that they can trust, they are willing to give more. Even there are some banks that will even be writing you letter. Do you know that you can still collect more? This is just a hundred thousand you have right now. We can give you up to a million. We can give you two million. Because they know that you are a person who can multiply resources. But if you cannot multiply the resources, nobody will look at you. Like I keep saying, you can argue till the day your, 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 you turn blue. I think that's white men that turn blue. Black people, I don't know what they turn into, but they turn into something. You can argue until whatever you turn into. You can call your congressman as much as you want. Unless you are productive, nobody looks at you. And even if they look at you, they give you what is called in my language, Bamapami. That means, take this and stop disturbing me. Okay? You know, there, you know there are some people when they keep bugging you, they keep bugging you. In order for them to keep you quiet, in order, for, to, for, in order to keep them quiet, you just say, okay, have this. Something that doesn't cost you much. Something that you will not feel. You just give it to them so that they can go away. They keep quiet. And that is what you find. A lot of people are happy with the crumbs. A lot of people are happy with the crumbs. The resources of heaven. Effective management leads to increase. Effective management leads to increase. Look at verse number 29. The Bible says, for, for unto everyone that has shall be given. And he shall have abundance. But from him that has not shall be taken away even that which he has. There is a particular city, I think it's, uh, I'm not sure now, is it, is it Maine? Where they increase the minimum wage from $7.50 to $15. Now they are even considering legislation to bring it back to $7.50. The reason is because the companies there can't afford to pay $7.50 so they are closing stop and they stop employing. Which one is better for you, $7.50 or no job? The point I'm making is this. Effective management leads to increase. And that's what the Bible is telling us. So these seven observations from the parable of the talent underscores a very important principles of the covenant of prosperity. And that principle is the principle of stewardship. 
throughout the Bible, the principle of seal worship has, re- has played a central role in the prosperity and advancement of people of God. Until now that you know, to understand the principle of seal worship, you need to understand what seal worship is not. Okay? For you to know how to recognize a good dollar bill, you have to understand how a fake dollar bill looks like. So for you to understand what stewardship is, you need to understand what stewardship is not. Stewardship is not stinginess. Okay? It doesn't mean there are some people, it's very difficult for them to bring their hands out of the pocket. It's so tight. It's like there's a glue. Once they put it inside, they just can't pull it out. They are so stingy. I used to tell my wife, I said, I can recognize a stingy man by the way he handles the dollar bill. The way he looks at it, you can see it's so tight, it's so tight that the dollar bill is squeezing. Please let me go. You know, see, see what ship is not stinginess. The Bible tells in the book of Proverbs chapter 11, it says that is, there, there is that scattered, but yet increasing. And there is that withholded more than its meat, and it tended into poverty. The more you hold back, the less people will give you. You think if you are holding back your own money, I'll look at you, I'll add my own to your own money. It never happens. I'm not going to give you my own. You only give to people. There are people. You, have you not seen people that when they come around, everybody wants to bless them. Everybody wants to bless them. Why? You think it's magic? No. Go back into that person's life and see what that individual has done. They have given to people that they have not known. They have released unto people even when they have no reason to give unto people. They have done a lot of wonderful things for other people when they have no reason to do it. And people are now looking for opportunities to bless them. That's why everywhere they go, you see blessings. Following them. So, stewardship, number one, is not stinginess. Number two, stewardship is not simply abstaining from luxuries. Okay? The fact that you have something luxurious, the fact that you are abstaining from luxurious doesn't mean that you are what? Doesn't mean that you are a good steward. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.